the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good holy Sunday morning with God. Open to me the gates of holiness. I will enter and give thanks. This is the Lord's own gate where the just may enter. I will thank you for you have answered and you are my Savior. The Lord's right hand has triumphed. His right hand raised me. The Lord's right hand has triumphed. I shall not die. I shall live and recount his deeds. I was punished. I was punished by the Lord, but not tombed to die. The Lord has done this, and it is wonderful in our eyes. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the work of the Lord, a marvel in our eyes. This day was made by the Lord. We rejoice and are glad. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Again and again, my friends, you know, um, Easter is an entire season. Easter lasts for about 50 days, 40 days until Ascension Thursday. And then after that, we have these beautiful nine days um, where the very first idea of a novena, nine days, basically what we call uh, when the apostles and the Virgin Mary were asked by Jesus to stay in Jerusalem in the upper room between Ascension Thursday and the Sunday that is after the first Sunday. So basically nine days, um, almost to the point when the Holy Spirit came down upon them and then the church was set to go all over the world. And um, Christ took our punishment. Christ took severely our punishment. The punishment that we deserve since the beginning, since the time in which in paradise Adam and Eve listened to the serpent. And definitely the original sin came and all of us deserved death. Yet the Lord has become our salvation. And um, today is um, another Sunday in which uh, we're going to speak about stones. We're going to speak about type of the clay. We're going to speak about uh, the person who actually um, worked to fashion in a clay the most beautiful images of what God has created on planet Earth. Can you imagine when God created the universe? Of course, there was a lot of dirt, a lot of clay, a lot of dust, a lot of fire on earth, um, a lot of light, a lot of darkness. Uh, there are shapes and forms, uh, trees and elements. 
And uh, God made them by saying, Vayomer Elohim, God said, Vayior, let there be light in Hebrew. And um, there was light. And um, today we have a, a great, uh, wonderful guest with us that you liked a lot. And thank you for your comments since last Sunday, Caroline Barlock. Um, Caroline painted portraits on porcelain for about 10 years, but then uh, she but she's She's actually a porcelain lady for 50 years. She did many, many pieces of art. She started in 1969, and um, um, she raised a beautiful family. Um, you heard our show last Sunday, and you know a little bit uh, of how the porcelain, how the clay becomes into porcelain. And I interrupted the conversation to ask her uh, many other questions. But before we go further, I want to say good Sunday morning to you, Caroline. Good morning, Father. And I want us to finish the process of the clay, which shows the jar, let's say, last uh, Sunday or uh, the porcelain piece. What are those porcelain pieces? What do you choose usually? Uh, you know, you. I guess for me, it's um, what's inspired me during the week. Uh, sometimes it's the little thing. You can be out in the yard and see, say, a columbine mm -hmm. or see a daisy, and all of a sudden that sinks in your mind, and that's what you want to do, and you go in and pick a piece that you can that it fits, that it, it just talks to you, just like God talks to a person. Um, you don't know why. You you just don't question it. You just go with that feeling and um, do your best to portray what you feel. And we know there is a soft clay and there is hard clay. Hard clay. So there is a German tradition behind this. German, uh, The German government controlled the production of fine porcelain for years. It was considered a kind of a guarded secret. Uh, the formulas and stuff, it was part of their natural national heritage because it employed many people, um, and consequently uh, there was a pride of the nation. Um, here in America, we just had Lennox, and we had, uh, well, glassware, corn and glass, mm -hmm. but we we didn't have lots of porcelain, hard porcelain, uh, even though we have some down in, well, I think it's at Georgia. They've just discovered some very hard clay that will be comparable to that, but they're using that for um, electricity and for computer boards and stuff like that. Okay. And they aren't manufacturing the vases. You have to realize porcelain in the initial state of being poured shrinks about 30, 35% um, in preparation for the first fire, and then another 10%. So when you pour it, it shrinks, and it shrinks in that firing. So it's, you know, you've got to know what you're doing and lots and lots of years of practice. Unfortunately, um, even before the wall came down, the factories that were built in Germany and in France they were built in the heart of these towns, and that property has become so valuable that in many respects, they just destroyed the building um, and took all the molds with it because it wow. wasn't something that financially, there aren't that many porcelain decorators that um, the pride's not there. The, to, to invest 
a lot of time into a treasure, a porcelain treasure, that will be passed down from generation and to generation. And the porcelain has no color, right? It's white. It's white. It's it just clay. It's, it's, it's just white. clay. It's uh, translucent clay. The glazes can be, of course, tinted, mm-hmm. but um, I use a white glaze that I chisel off. So, And so then when the porcelain comes to your hand... Uh, it takes colors, it takes shapes and forms, and it reflects the beauty. Um, what's the process for that part? So if people want to know. I sketch just like any artist would sketch on a blank canvas and um, decide what relief, whether it be ba relief or if I'm going to add relief uh, to, you know, little fine dots or you know, scrolls or things like that. So I I decide exactly how it's going to look, just like somewhat like a sculpture artist. And this year, for those of you in Colorado, I mark my 25th year in sculpture in the park in August. And uh, it has become a wonderful tradition for that community. Loveland is. And I know people come from all over. All over. All over. All over to see that. And to that extent, um, some of the artists that I've met there, uh, there is one artist, Gary Lee Price. I'd like to give a shout out to him. He is putting together the Statue of Responsibility, which is two hands clasped like you would if you were meeting a friend that you would have. And it is going to be the size of the Statue of, of Liberty. Liberty. So it'll and it'll be on the West Coast. So it'll be kind of like a bookend. And that's wow. in a big process right now. So friendships go back. I've known him for over 40 years. So your friendships, to see something that you know will impact generations to come, I think is a wonderful thing. I, it riches my life so much, uh, those friendships that... And, you know, and, and, and amidst those friendships, um, you, you're more than an artist. You're actually a history major, believe it or not. Right. You study in art history. Um, tell me a little bit... Um, the tradition goes back to the ninth century after our Lord Jesus Christ, AD. Right, right. But, of course, um, with that tradition comes a civilization of porcelain. Oh, yes. Porcelain decorated uh, kings and queens' houses and uh, palaces and uh, in churches and in kitchens as well. Right. And well, in like the time of Michelangelo, there were patrons of the art that supported these and uh, even... I can't remember. <laughs> the Pope. The Pope of the time, 900 AD. Um, he actually gave a special dispensation for the taxes for these artisans that produced these things. Um, wow. Realized the value. Um, that's why um, many of the artists that created things that we look at today were financed by wonderful patrons, not only of the church, but of their communities that would have never, ever been done. Correct. The, the Catholic Church actually in Europe, uh, the Vatican per se, um, and the papal states, they actually supported the work of porcelain and they, they made yes. sure these are. Yes, that's, what, that's the point. Uh, are you supported locally in Colorado? The, the, does the government pay attention, local government? Actually, no. And it's uh, like last week I mentioned that I brought home the gold for the United States. That was 45 countries, and in 2012, I was in San Mateo, California, and different governments, because IPAD is in 45 countries, they actually sent their artisan to represent their country for these competitions. 
America doesn't do that. Sometimes, well, you know. We, we're too busy in politics, but I, I want to address <laughs> uh, our president or the government or our governor here locally. Pay attention to these beautiful artists because, you know, one of these days, one of these centuries to come, um, names of artists from Colorado, for instance, just like Caroline Barlock, might be famous. And uh, it'll be nice to see as well our local government, Emmett's uh, taking care of politics and environment and whatever issues um, we have on our uh, um, political agendas, it is good to take care of art as well. And I'm sure they do in some regard, but I want them to pay attention well, to, to uh, the ceramic, to the porcelain uh, artists right. as well. Artist actually fills the soil, souls of their citizens and uh, adds beauty to everyday life. And it gives you something to cherish, no matter how small. If you go to you know, a craft show and you buy something that's made locally by a local artisan, you're allowing them to put food on their table for them to support the missions that they support and have something that's not commercially made, but something that is one of a kind, truly unique. And I, I'd love to see more of that. And it's, it's, um, I've enjoyed this life because it is a very supportive, tight-knit group um, and uh, they support each other too. And I remember you found time still in the last six years, like when we do church tours or we go to conferences in a mission of hope and mercy. Um, like I come at seven o'clock in the morning to the lobby of a church um, or of a conference center and I see Caroline Barlack volunteering at the booth of the mission of hope and mercy. I'm going, like, What are you doing here? <laughs> you know? Well, that's the, you know, you support your friends. And friendship and family mean a lot to me. Uh, my husband and I had 51 years together. And like, like a good marriage, uh, friendships require work. And um, family requires work. And, and uh, you invested well in, f in your marriage. Beautiful. Yeah. 51 years. And uh, I was privileged to actually officiate at his funeral yes. at the time. Uh, may God rest his soul. Um, but every year, your 4th of July was a great opportunity for faith, for family, for freedom, for uh, all these beautiful uh, national feelings. Um, describe your family a little bit, um, any agenda, any calendar of the nation. Well, um, I have two sons, Stephen and Mark. Um, I was blessed um, with my husband. He was a Denver lawyer. Um, he was very active. He was a Regis DU graduate. Um, we were really blessed in the fact that both his parents came to Colorado in 1927, settled in the old rock home out on Golden, the old Golden Road, uh, which is a national landmark now. Um, my people came in the 1850s and settled in Central City and Blackhawk. So I have a long history of family. Uh, one great-grandfather was a senator. Another one was a Republican judge in Jefferson County. Um, so I was fortunate to have a, and still do to this day, have a wonderful network of close family and, and longtime friends. When I know you officiated the funeral, but... Some of these friends of my husband, they had been friends since fifth, I mean, kindergarten, went to Holy Family together. 
and remain friends all those years. And it was, I know you've witnessed some of their storytelling about the creek and old Ralston Road I, out I in Arvada. I still remember <laughs> in, in front of his uh, tomb, actually, um, every group stood aside because there were communities, actually, which I did not know. They weren't only individuals. They're actually official groups of uh, friends who, in their own associations, in their own way, honored him. Yes, you know, I, rem- honored his I remembered uh, you saying you'd never seen an elk ceremony. Um, the they did the hour of eleven, and uh, we were blessed. My husband was a past exalted ruler of Denver seventeen. Wow! So, and my great grandfather belonged to seventeen when it was first formed. So it's a long tradition, and it was like you say, there were the different groups, and it was wonderful because so many people he influenced and brought together. And uh, Carol, we we spoke before about. Um, Modern art and mm-hmm. um, the art, the yes. art that has identity, I guess, in history versus the art that is now being born. Let's call, let me be just simple to define modern art. That is an art that is born from the mind of the, cre- the, 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 the person, the artist that may not connect to anything else, I guess. Uh, t- to me, um, the art I love is the art that represents something that will live on forever, whether it's a people or a landscape that through development is going to go away or because of Earth's changings will no longer be there. Um, I like representational art. Um, And it's not that I don't like modern art. Some of it is very good in movement. And, you know, you can sit there and look at it, but there's nothing like looking at, uh, say, a portrait or a Thomas Moran landscape, um, or Kurt Walder's landscape, one of a uh, living great ar- artist of the Grand Canyon. You, you respect and you bring history to the exactly. time now, and it will live on. It will live on. It will live on. The, and may I ask you how the the, the, the COVID came, pandemics, and uh, um, I know uh, you're you're a great thinker, by the way, and you have deep great influence on many great people in the state of Colorado. And I know that for a fact from the type of friendships you have developed and you allowed me to be part of, as a matter of fact. Um, You have some concerns about how the COVID and the pandemic and the um, ideal of having vaccine versus no vaccine and um, the politics in the United States, uh, how did they affect also the moral crisis in the U.S.? You know, the school teachers and the parents, um, how was the family being reevaluated, being affected by all of this politics and the moral crisis and the health crisis? I think some people who were spiritually sound before COVID hit even became tighter knit in their family. Uh, it caused families to reevaluate their goals. Um, they saw how lacking in some respects, their education and what was being taught in the schools really came home to roost. Um, You know, I believe in a boy and a girl. Um, When you're an adult, if you want to make another choice, that's your choice. But trying to teach children... And you don't discriminate against these choices either. No, 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 no. I'm actually... 
a friend said one time, I'm colorblind because I have friends of every race, color, And that's tradition of your family. That is the a tradition. are known yes. to be like a colorblind. And, and consequently, um, I think that um, for those people who were spiritually sound, uh, their marriages became stronger, their family became stronger, their family values became stronger. And I think we're going to see that going forward. Um, the vaccine... Personally, I've never had one. Um, I tend to look at um, the idea that, um, like, I've never had a flu shot. Um, I would say that the one thing that I have about the vaccines is that I wish there'd been more disclosure of side effects. Because okay. uh, people have had, um, and they've tried that, they've tried to pit those people that didn't get the vaccine against those that got the vaccine, but they really don't have the knowledge. You know, we get, um, you buy a bottle of aspirin and list all the side effects. When your doctor doesn't know the side effects of the vaccine. No, but you're very conscientious and cautious oh, yes. for the your health and the health of your family, exactly. the health of others as well. You have it's to take like care of your, no, you have yeah. to take care of your, your family. And you have, if you're out, you wear your mask. I mean, at the height of the thing, I wore my mask. Absolutely. I washed my hands, uh, just like I was taught as a child to keep your hands away from your face. I went through the polio epidemic. I've been through bad flus. My, my grandmother, um, you know, was here when the 1914 flu epidemic hit Colorado. Okay, Caroline, so, I want to ask you a deep question, knowing to conclude the process of porcelain. You actually paint a layer of gold and luster, and then you take that huge, beautiful vase of yours, or whatever element you're, you're, you're shaping into beautiful um, art piece from, made of clay, made of porcelain, basically, yeah. and uh, you fire it in an oven that could be 2,000 degrees, I uh, guess. About 1,700. About 1,700 degrees. And, and, well, up to 1,900 and on down, yeah. But then you take it out. Take it, it cool. cool. And do it all over and again. And you do it all over again. And you do the process how many times? Some pieces that have multiple colors, uh, each fires a little bit less, but I have fired pieces as many as 65 times. So inspired by the spirit of Easter, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, and the resurrection of our Lord, and the joy, the splendor, the victory of Christ, who wanted to teach us the value of life, that even though we die, we will live and any stone, the stone that is rejected becomes a cornerstone. I want to ask you a uh, symbolic, symbolic question. Is it easier to educate clay into becoming a beauty than educating a human being to become the image of God? I think the human being is the hardest because no amount of reason is going to alter their value system. And unfortunately, um, even the slightest perceived hurt is hard to overcome in the human being. They have to have the spirit of God in them. And with that spirit, it opens up heavens beyond their belief. But they have to have it in them. You can try to give it to them. You know, it's like leading a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You know, they have to want that and have that thirst of knowledge. And of giving. You're a, t- you're a typical American lady who has wisdom. Americans had wisdom. They did. Americans, and, and, and many of them still have people like you. Americans had wisdom, actually. They, uh, they did have wisdom. and um, So what happened? 
I don't know. I think they stopped putting their family and their close community first. And it all starts in the family home, and then it generates to friends, and then from friends to community. When my grandmother used to talk about how small you couldn't get home, Walk two blocks that your mom didn't know what you did when I was. But there. I want to. I want to say, Caroline Barlock and Ed and your family. You're not only a family unit. You are an f- American family who still believe till today that a family is a culture. Family is a oh, civilization. Yes. Family is a church. Family is the sacred image of God on earth. It's just a reflection of the Most Holy Trinity, and that's why you're here. And that's why you support it. We have a few minutes, less than a minute and a half. I'm not going to say anything about your encounter with pain and deep suffering. But I know you encounter deep suffering and deep pain. And I know when we brought up to you the attention of persecuted Christians and we spoke about little girls, little uh, children, little boys, families who have become widowed, who have been taken and violated by ISIS at the time and now by forced migration and all of that. Your heart moved so greatly, and you started giving some of your art um, and somehow gains back to the mission of hope and mercy. What is your recommendation today to the American people? I think that it starts with love, love of yourself. If you are not content with your inner soul, you cannot make other people happy. And making yourself happy first, then people around you are happy. And happiness is contagious, just and like the this Lord. This is the outcome of the resurrection of the Lord, joy on earth and salvation. May God bless us all. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today and join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.